Gut. Gut. Das ist gut. You said it was like a cult. Gut was? No, no, no. The thing for... Uh... Oh, yeah, it's about a cult. Okay. I'm trying to think of a new TF. I have three text messages. Who are they from? My mom! <laughs> I'm gonna say, here's your teaser for this week's episode. It's a doozy. It's a doozy. I don't know. Oh, God, I'm so itchy. Okay. Because I haven't shaved, everything's starting to grow back. It's not witchcraft, right? Hmm. What kind of cult? Uh, like family cult. <laughs> Is this a cult? Are we in a cult? <laughs> should we do that? Should I do that one? Yes. Perfect, yes. Because didn't you say that it was like, it's a cult, but it's not really a cult? Yeah, it's like a kind of cult. Yeah. This is a kind of, kind of, kind of cult. Different kind of, kind of cult. Stop texting your boyfriend, I'm recording. I'm, I'm legit telling him, hey, we're, we're recording. <laughs> I'm legit telling him to shut the fuck up. He said, by the way, can y'all bring the beer in Franzia? Yeah. Bitch ass. Fucking trick ass. Okay. Would you ever join a cult? I would definitely not join a cult. Would you ever join a cult? Depends on the cult. Okay, let's say me and Amanda just watched um, some Tiger King yesterday. Hell say yeah. It's one of his, <gasps> say it's that cult. That isn't actually a real cult, but it's kind of a cult. Not. I would probably fall under the Carol Baskin. I would be Carol Baskin. You would be Carol Baskin? Yeah. What did you say whenever we just started watching it? Something about Joe Exotic wanting to hate fuck Carol Baskin? Oh my god. Watch it. Oh. Watch that show, and you'll be the whole time. I'm like, Joe Exotic wants to hate fuck uh, Carol Baskin, a hundred percent. You said it, and then I started and, to see it, and then I found out that he has two husbands, and I was like, fuck, never mind. Yeah. I mean, well, well, mm-hmm. I think it's crazy. That I'm, he wrote a song about her. There's a music video about her. We should definitely not spend this entire episode talking about um, Tiger King because I almost just went on an entire rampage about um, the husbands. But that is not needed, and I'm not going to go into one. By the way, near the end, he remarries. I finished the series. It's crazy. <laughs> if y'all, y'all need to watch that. It's yeah. one of the best documentaries I've ever seen in my entire life. And I, I haven't even watched the whole thing, to be completely honest with yeah. you. I've watched, like, two or three episodes. I'll, I'll rewatch it with you. Because there's, like, a bunch of, like... I also cats. love cats. Oh, I love my big I love cats. cats. They're so cute. But, however, cats have nothing to do with today's episode, but mm. the cult does. But before we get into that whole thing, guess what episode this is. 30. No, 30. Yeah, it's 30. This is episode 30. Wow. I know. I've been do, I've been running this podcast for a long time. Okay. Uh, since, oh my God, I've been running this podcast since the start of um, the school year, start of August. Hmm. I've been here since episode 21. Yes, and it's been great each time. Aww. I love it, but I'm also just... If you listen to this podcast, thank you so much. It really does mean a lot. Um, I say this each time that I feel honored. I literally started this because I had nothing else to do, and I was trying to go over a breakup, and now here we are. I have a whole almost $2 to my name. Our name. Yeah. And Matt's name. I'm not giving Matt a single fucking sense. Fuck Matt. Fuck Matt. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, also another fun thing about today, uh, today's episode, is that Amanda moved in. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, she's kind of moved in. Yeah. Yeah. She I don't have a room. I haven't I don't uh I can't take over the lease yet, so no. I'm squatting and I feel really bad, so I have to do the dishes a lot and I don't mind doing the dishes, so I will do the dishes whenever you want. Cool. Don't ever do the dishes again. Okay. Until cool. I start paying rent. Cool. Sounds good. Honestly, yes. Yeah. I hate doing dishes. Um but yeah, currently she's uh squatting in our roommate who's not here right now room. That's fun. And then once she gets back, I don't know if we're gonna put you outside or something. Ooh. <laughs> Build your doghouse. You just sit out there. <laughs> that'd be cute. Yeah, be, I take little photos. It'd be super funny. Look at the stars. Look at the stars. <laughs> Have little campfire talks. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So Amanda moved in. Super exciting. Uh huh. Living it up. We've been hanging out every single day. Are you almost sick of me? No, not even a little bit. Yeah, not even sick of you a little bit either. Literally every day, I'm like, you're so pretty. Yeah, and I, each time she does, uh, what voice do I make? Ah, there you go. Yeah. Cause yeah. <laughs> As I make this echo. What does this sound like? That's hot. Thank you. So, I, do you want to go ahead and step, like, what? Hmm? Hi, guys. <laughs> Restart the entire thing. Did we already say hi, guys? Because I kind of don't remember. Oh, yeah, no, we didn't. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. There we go. It's like the Curtis Connor thing where he, like, can't do anything without, like, and the folks and all that shit. Oh, love that, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so ready for today's episode. I'm ready. I'm ready. You should be. It's a really good one. Um, to, so I was actually thinking, I don't remember who I was talking to. I think I was talking to one of my um, convergence reporting professor, I'm pretty sure. And um, he was like, yeah, your podcast, you do like a lot of murder stuff. And I was like, yeah, because, you know, my professor listens to my podcast. Mm-hmm. Hey, Anderson. And um, so we were, he was talking about how, um, like, there's a lot of murders. And he's like, but what, if, what about other crimes? And I was like, ooh. ooh, you got a point there. So now I'm about to start spreading out a little bit. Today's trigger warnings are actually pretty interesting. Um, it is drug abuse. Okay. Um, like hypnotizing. Ooh. And kind of forced starvation. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. And so Do you believe in hypnotism? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And it also goes into a little bit of like uh, body issues and eating disorders, oh, but great. not enough to like really be a problem but just enough to be aware of mm. okay so and with that let us start talking about the family which is otherwise known as the great white brotherhood even though it is ran by a woman <laughs> but okay. you know same this woman is Anne hamilton buyer who was born evelyn grace victoria edwards huh yeah so she changed her name from having four different names to having uh one and uh, two and a half Okay. Yeah. Um, she was born December 30th, 1921 in Sale, Victoria. I don't know where that is. Should we Google it? In where? In Sale, Victoria. I don't know what that means. Cool. Okay, cool. I did not I did not even think about it. I was going to go back. This is the show where we Google stuff. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, I fucked it up. Here, you don't want to play a drinking game? Drink. Oh, Australia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Drink Australia. every time we have to Google something. Drink every time we say fuck Matt. <laughs> Drink every time we get off topic. Oh, I actually just go off of that one alone and you'll and be then, good. And then once you die of alcohol poisoning, send your obituary to us. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God, that'd be so much fun. It's like... We do a whole episode about our dead viewers. <laughs> it's viewer participation. Viewer did... I like that. So Evelyn was the oldest of seven children and she grew up in poverty with um, largely absent parents. Her mother had schizophrenia and was hospitalized in four different mental institutions in the Melbourne area from 1941 
Um, Evelyn spent some time in the old Melbourne orphanage and was attending oh, and was attending Sunshine Primary School at age eight in 1929. So, ooh, um, during her teenage years, um, oh wait, no, 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 her teenage years aren't really talked about that much. Um, but at 20 in 1941, she had officially changed her name to Anne Hamilton, and she married Lionel Harris, uh, the father of her only biological child, Judith Harris, who is now Judith. who her name was changed to Natasha Hamilton Byer. Mm. So um, her husband was killed. Her husband, uh, Lionel, which I think is a really fun name, also it's spelled fun, um, was killed in a car accident in 19... 19- 55. I almost said 1995. That's so not the time. And in 1965, she married Michael Riley, a gardener and a caterer at Queens College, um, University of Melbourne, which is cool. It's like a really prestigious school. I only know about it because of Hamilton, even though he didn't go to it, but that's how I know what King's College is. Oh, yeah. Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this, bre- this marriage lasted approximately one year, but in 1962, Riley introduced Anne to the master of Queen's College, Dr. Rainer Carey Johnson, an English physicist and mystic who became her closest associate in the family. Um, I will be talking about the family kind of randomly in this, but I won't really get into it till later, just so you know. Anne, who presented herself as a reincarnation of Jesus, nominated Johnson as her John the Baptist... Um, early in 1963, Johnson, his daughter Maureen, and his wife Mary, and four others became Anne's first seven followers in the group they called the Great White Brotherhood of Initiates and Masters. Oh. Yeah. She, she essentially was being like, I know when the world's ending, and I am God. That's a lot of things where... Okay, so I was in a history class, and we were talking about different religions and cults for some reason. Yeah. Um, during, like, a specific period of time. And there was one where they were like, hey, the world is ending, so what's the point of having kids? Hmm. So, like, they just didn't, they were like, hey, stop having sex because the world's ending, so stop bringing new life into into it. I get that. Whatever. I respect that. And then there was another one. Oh, it was weird. Oh, ow, ooh. Sorry, I hurt my nail randomly. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, ah, ooh. This is the same cult. I thought it was a different one. But uh, basically to, like, stop that, they could have sex, but they paired, they had to pair old men with younger women so that, because they could control themselves or, like, have, you know, you know. Oh, I hate that. And pair older women with younger men. I don't like that even a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, not that a little bit. Interesting. So, um, Anne and Rainer were both seekers who had explored various religions and spiritual paths before they met. Um, after Anne's first husband died in 1955, she emerged as a teacher of yoga in Melbourne in Geelong, which is another place in Australia, training and working with Margaret Sageson, a Swiss woman who lived in India, ashrams, and followed the Tibetan guru in that shit. I don't know why I thought that was important at the time. I made this yesterday whenever I was like, I don't think, no, I wasn't having a bad time then. But then. Yeah. In six, anyway, in 1963, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in 1963, Rainer and Mary went to India to see some distinguished teachers who I'm not going to name because yawn. Uh, but this tour to India was cut short by Mary's severe. I want to go to India. I know, right? But Mary's severe illness, which Anne had predicted in her first meeting with Rainer Johnson. And this is, like, one of the proofs that he was like, oh, my God, she is God. Yeah. 
Oh, my Anne, am I right? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Knee slapper. Oh, man. It's so hard being this funny. Um, Anne had begun inquiring followers among the women who attended her yoga classes and her process... What? And her process of personal transitioning included frequent plastic surgery that rendered her fat... Okay, huh? okay. It's rendered her far younger than her actual age. I actually typed in the word fat. Oh. <laughs> that rendered her fat. Um, so whenever... <laughs> Whenever they first met, uh, Raynor estimated that she was 30, and she was actually 41, because she had that much plastic surgery. Yeah. Ooh. Now, she was very appearance-based, as you'll see through her, most of the other things that happened. Okay. Many of her closest followers in 25 years of meeting Johnson in 1962 to the police raid on properties owned by the family in 1987, women who were very unhappy in their marriages, like, that was always them, they were unhappy in their marriages, and Anne managed to bind herself to, like their relationship and was able to kind of like break up couples to acquire women who then she later named aunties. Okay. Yeah. Cause, um, the aunties lived on the, with the children on, uh, Lake Eldon where Patricia, Trish, I'm not gonna say their last names, Elizabeth, Liz, Margaret, this one has a cool name, McLean, but she was actually born Peggy Warren, which I also like that name. And when that name for some reason sounds so familiar to me. I love the name Peggy. He's cute. I love the How'd name you spell Peggy. P E G G Y. Okay. If I ever had a pig and it Peggy. I had a pig named Penny. Aww. Yeah. Remember that time we saw that dog named Peanut? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, I fostered a dog named Peanut and he had three legs. I love Peanut. <laughs> it was we almost good. adopted him because uh someone like out of state adopted him, so they had to they drove him up there. They had him for a couple, like a week or something, and then he growled at their kids. And then they're like, "Hey, we're sending him back." The fuck? But we didn't have um, they they the like agency, I guess, couldn't pay to like bring him back. Yeah. And like we weren't gonna do it, but we 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 almost adopted him. But um, the actual person who like transported him up there yeah. decided to adopt him, and he was an amputee. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's really cute. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. A little lot. Okay, so um, another one of her followers was a dude named Howard Whittaker, which I think is a cool-ass name. Fuck, you're right. <laughs> it was like, you said that while gurgling water. Whittaker. Whittaker. Um, a psychiatrist who was, pra- who was practicing. <laughs> I really can't read. Do I need to read your case for no, you? No, why, ha- why do I try to read? He was practicing- that would be fun, though. One episode where, like... I read it out, and I'm like, and then she murdered him, and oh my god, like, (laughs) plot twist, like, whoa, it's like I'm reading a book, just reading a book out loud, like, oh my god, oh my god, it's crazy, um, he was a psychiatrist who was practicing at a private hospital called New Haven in the elite suburb of Q, which is fun, with two other family psychiatrists, um, Henry, what, Harry Belthoon and John McKay. New Haven was to become a source of new disciples and later the babies Anne desired. So, uh, Anne valued medical followers as she required copious amount of drugs, including psychedelics and tranquilizers, for use in rituals and to control the children who she began illegally adopting in 1969. Hmm. Um, LSD was regarded with uh, sacramental awe and was used in the initial like ritual known as going through it. <laughs> we're all going through it. <laughs> we really do be though. And the magic mushrooms were also used and they were referred to as sacred manna. Okay. 
So basically, she got all these hallucinogens, and they were jizzes, hallucinogens, and we and they were like, take these, and you will be enlightened. And then they would get high, and they'd be like, ah, sick, you're enlightened now, as as one does. Um, these hallucinogens by I cannot read or speak. I'm not wearing my glasses. Go get your glasses, Grayson. I do this each episode. See, I did a alliter- alliteration. Oh, I can't even speak. I did alliteration just for you. Go get your glasses, Grayson. Go get your glasses, Grayson. I'm back. Oh, your glasses are so cute. Thank you. I like my glasses. Oof. I tried on, um, never mind. What? Oh, wait. Huh? Okay. It's going to get cut out, so. How do you know? Please. Okay. I don't know. I just didn't say anything. I feel like it's Okay, it's okay, it's okay. So hallucinogens is by hallucinogens. Huh? The use of hallucinogens. There we go. By family members, it could be profitably regarded as part of the ritual life of the group. It seems that from the initiation, initiation. Oh, it seems that from the initiation of and seven followers follows in. What's wrong with me today? Do to you honest, see how much I'm struggling right now? To be now? honest, I couldn't even follow you because oh I was God. what. I'm struggling today. Do we need to so- take a break? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, it seems that from the initiation of Anne's first seven followers in 1963, she administered psychedelic drugs in particular contexts. So she used them to control. Like from uh, 1969, when Anne acquired and adopted 14 children, uh. who lived at Upton with other children who were born into the family who were not adopted by Anne, uh, they were brought up by the aunties in a strict regimen of yoga, meditation, spiritual studies, and vegetarianism. Um, and this was really kind of forced by violent beatings, dosing with both prescription and illegal drugs, and forced starvation. Uh, this children's story was told when Sarah Hamilton Byer, is it Byer or Burn? I, don't, I can't see it. So. B, B-Y-R-N-E. And... Byron? Burn. Sarah. Sarah published a book, uh, which was titled, which was the title that's the family's motto, which was, which emphasized Anne's commitment to secrecy, which was unseen, unheard, and unknown. That was like the family's mantra. So he revealed the processes by which Anne had acquired the children who bore her name, which included falsifying birth records, illegally confiscating babies from unmarried girls, (gasps) and psychiatric parents. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was like the first thing I was like, okay, I get it. And then I was like, whoa. Yeah, she used to pretend like she was a um, like a CPS or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I know. Okay, I like this. Had to abduct children. <laughs> um, and Anne's habit of faking pregnancies and wearing maternity clothes long past her being of childbirthing age, which was accepted as she looked much younger than she was, which was kind of how she was able to trick people into giving, you know, children away. Yeah. I guess. Uh, the children who are often photographed in identical old-fashioned clothes and with identical paradox fare are a... With an identical paradox fare are a recognizable image of the group, as are the photographs of Anne in expensive clothes and jewelry glamoured in her famous blonde wigs. It's actually a really cool photo. Hold on. Uh, I need to pull it up and show it to you. Um, and I also want us to put it on the Twitter, because... This photo is kind of cray-cray. It's kind of cray-cray. Here it is. Um, why does it remind me of Andy Warhol? Yeah, it's very Andy Warhol-esque, honestly. I see it. I see it. 
Um, so Sarah described the dull, unvarying routine at Upton that began at 6 a.m. The children were uh, the children made their beds, and the boys and girls showered on alternative days. Um, then there was an hour of hatha yoga, 15 minutes of listening to Anne's seminars, or Swami Makatanda practicings, 15 minutes of mantra chanting, 15 minutes of meditation, 15 minutes to set up the schoolroom. Breakfast was two hours after they rose and with fruit only. After breakfast was three hours of schoolwork with a short break halfway through, then one hour of meditation or playing space ball, a game devised by Anne that was boring to play, and, and a small lunch of fruit and steamed vegetables. Aww. The next three and a half hours involved lessons, a short break, and picking up the schoolroom. From 9 p.m. Whoa. From 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., the children meditated, ate a bland vegetarian meal, ate spe- whoa, not ate, read spiritual texts, and did their homework before going to bed. Sarah was the first to draw attention to the dietary regimen that the children were subject. Sarah was the first to draw attention to the dietary regime that the children were subjected to. Uh, Jesse McKinley, who was another um, person that was kidnapped, was um, has argued that what she terms imposed anorexia is a method of control in certain ideologic groups because starvation made the children weak and disoriented. So it was easier for her to manipulate and you know. Fuck with them. Um, Sarah observed that, and this is a direct quote from her book, um, weighing was a very serious business, particularly serious for us because it was very, con- because it was considered that we were putting on too much weight, we would have our food rations cut down, and that was a dreadful proposition, food being the most important thing in our lives. We girls viewed the scales with hatred. They made our miserable lives even worse. Some of the girls would even try to induce vomiting on weigh-in mornings in an attempt to seem lighter. So, basically, Anne was... Wait, no, not Anne. Sorry. Um, yeah, it was Anne. Her name's Anne. There's a bunch of Anne's. Yeah. Um, so, Anne was, like, so obsessed with how she looked that she forced these ideas onto the children that she kidnapped. Ah, almost like other people. Yeah. But it's pretty crazy because, like, can you imagine kidnapping 14 children and then, like, forcing them to do weigh-ins and, like... It kind of reminds me of having um, livestock. Ooh, yeah! I just remember whenever I had my uh, my pig, I would have to weigh her um, every Wednesday. And you have to keep track of that kind of stuff and, you know, making sure that she looks good for show. Yeah. And, I don't know, it's very... Because it's not like she had that much of an emotional connection in reality. I yeah. mean, you can... Well, that's... A, well, I'll rephrase. Not the tr- traditional way of loving someone or loving children but yeah it just kind of seems really gross it's it seems like kind of like children farming yeah yeah but like not the way that um like gary hendrick did i said tid <coughs> not the way gary hendrick did where he get after those women and try to get them all pregnant um so Mikkel proposes that Anne, who um was a plump child nicknamed putty who was a volu- who was voluptuous 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 Mikhail uh-huh. proposed that Anne who was a plump child na- nicknamed pudgy who was voluptuous despite liposuction procedures as an adult um, was like the reason that she pushed on this negative self image onto the girls who were often pot bellied from malnutrition ate stolen food, bird seed, and grasses to, uh, like, accentuate their hunger. Yeah. Bird seed? And grass. Yeah. 
They were that hungry. I can't imagine. Mm-mm. Like, it, it was fucked them up. Um, the regiment. The regiment. Huh? <laughs> I can't say. I can't say this word. Regime? No, it's like the regiment. Reg- regiment? Yeah, the reg- regiment. Oh, Jesus, fuck. You Pick know another what? word. Pick another yeah, word. Yeah, you know what? The life there at Upton resulted in a group of perpetually hungry and desperate children. Sarah's account is confirmed by the testimony of Angury, who was another family child. Um, when taken into custody... When Kay- <laughs> I need to go lay down. When taken into custody, the youngest child, whom Sarah calls Cassandra, who was 11 at the time and requested anonymity of Johnson and Jones, um, weighed only 20 kilograms and was under uh, 120 centimeters... Um, let me actually go through and tell you how much that is in American. Um, in American. In American. Because, so she weighed 44 pounds. Who? The um, youngest girl who was eight. She weighed 44 pounds <gasps> whenever they were, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I know an eight-year-old that weighs 82 pounds. Yeah, she weighed 44 pounds. Do you want to know why I know that? <laughs> why do you know that? I don't remember what the context was, but um, I took, it was my neighbor's nephew and I took him to the park because uh, I was playing frisbee with my dog. Mm. And whenever we got back, I was just kind of like, uh, I put the dog away, but I was making sure he got home. So I was like watching him walk home. And I was like, well, make sure no one snatches you up. He's like, no one's going to snatch me up. I'm 82 pounds. <laughs> and he was so cute. Oh my God, beautiful. It just reminds me of The Office. And they're like, I can't believe you're too heavy. I only weigh 82 pounds. <laughs> Take Bandit. Um, the ritual life of the family was complex and operated in different ways from selected groups within the organization. Uh, the constructed of... Santalikian Lodge in, no idea, in Fruity Creek, provided a theater for Anne to exhibit her distinctive mixture of glamour and charisma. Although she and Bill were often in the UK or in America, meetings were held twice a week. If Anne was not present, the faithful listeners, um, well, if Anne was not present, the faithful listened to her sermons recorded on tape. Someone named Carmel Bird who was a fictionalized account of the family tales of Petra Pinfold Knight and Dr. Ivory Kay, the founders of the Hill House Binthran, a religious group that steals children and dresses them in red shoes, presents Petra as beautiful, sexually cold, given to wearing blue gowns. And sexually cold? <laughs> sexually cold. Does... I think that means like a fruit. A fruit? A prude. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um... Entering a room full of devotees to the accompaniment of Handrill's The Arrival of the Queen of Sheba, um, which <laughs> none of that's true, <laughs> but the reality of it was that Anne, too, favored blue gowns and was excessively modest and unwilling to even be seen in a state of undress. Um, she projected this prudishness onto the girls at Upton, who were made to feel dirty and sexual about normal physical processes such as maturity. What? What? Sorry, hold on. She, project- she projected her prudeness on the girls at Upton who were made to feel dirty and sexual about normal physical processes like growing boobs and menstruation. So she's, she was like, that's, that's sexual, so you stop doing it? Yes. It was my high school. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that, though. I, that, mm, no. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. so instead of teaching them and helping them walk through it, she made them feel dirty about it. Um, cool. and, and, yeah, and entered meetings of the family at the lodge with Handrell's Largo playing and distributed photographs of herself for group members to venetrate in their homes. Okay. Yeah. I don't fucking get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine, like, I give you a photo of me and I'm like, hey, there you go. 
<laughs> I want it to be in a frame and everything. Oh, yeah, it will be. Signed, possibly. I like that you said that to put in my home and we share the same home. Yes, we do. But hey, you know what? We're going to hang it up right over the TV. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and actually, her followers did it. They were in total obedience. Um, it is difficult to understand how this happened, but her control over members included breaking up existing marriages and mending new relationships. Um, it is so she was also believed of being capable of performing miracles. Okay. In the early stages of her relationship with Rainer Johnson, and demonstrated her power by allegedly curing her daughter Jewett, Jewish Judith. <sighs> Who was in a car accident was diagnosed with a fra- and was diagnosed with a fractured skull and a damaged eye. Rainer Johnson believed in the spirit help that Anne exercised and enabled Judith to leave the hospital earlier than expected and to fully recover from her injuries. And then the first, uh, honestly, not important. Do you want to hear about? Ah, oh, whatever. Okay, so the first relationship huh? that Anne, so Anne used to break up marriages to try and get herself new members. Same. First relationship she ever broke up was between Trisha McFarlane and John and Don Webb. Okay. Um, who were experiencing difficulties after the death of their son Adrian in 1967. Aww. Yeah. Anne commanded Anne commanded that Don move in with Liz Whittaker, who had separated. Whittaker. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> who had to separate from her former husband, Howard. Then Trish took up with John Macaray. Uh, Johnson and Jones note that Anne was also mandated cosmetic surgery for female followers and other cult women wearing... Wait. No, ignore me. Uh, Anne also mandated cosmetic surgery for female followers and other cult women began wearing blonde wigs, as Anne did. Um, these artificial... Cons- these artificial constructed relationships were rarely successful, but had the effect of binding individuals even more closely to Anne. It's kind of like, you remember how last week, um, not last week, two weeks ago, how um, the lady that turned people into soap uh-huh. would uh, like help the girls out before she killed them? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Ursula? Ur- I fuck with Ursula. Anyways. <laughs> um, in 2017, the principal changed... The principal challenging facing the family is that Anne Hamilton Byron is 96 years old and suffering from dementia. Fun fact, they didn't get arrested for this, by the way. Huh? Oh, yeah, no, they never got in trouble for this until, like, the end of their lives. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, they were never in trouble. Bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but the group has struck into a few loyal followers who care for her, including Michael Steverson Helmer, the nephew of Sir Zelman Cowan, uh, the former governor general of Australia. <laughs> Stevenson ben. Helmer says that Anne inhibits Christ consciousness and her power um, and he, she has power that he rejects the medical diagnosis of dementia that she has gotten from a doctor okay um, she's expelled by her adoptive um, so Sarah the daughter was, a, was um, expelled by her adoptive mother in 1987 and, became, and because of arguing and rebellious behavior with the response with the support of a private investigator and others, she then played an instrumental role in bringing the family to the attention of the Victoria Police. As a result, a raid took place at Kai Lamar on Friday, 14th, uh, on Friday, August 14th, 1987. Fucking, fucking people that don't live in America putting the date before the month, making me all confused. <laughs> and all children were removed from the premise. Sarah later went on to study medicine and became a qualified doctor. She also learned that she had been adopted and eventually met her actual daughter. Oh. I mean, her actual mother. <laughs> I was going to say, what? Yeah, no, she met her actual mom. 
After the raid in 1987, Anne Hamilton Byron and her husband William remained outside Australia for the next six years. Okay. Yes. Um, Operation Forest was an investigation involving police in Australia, UK, and the US, which resulted in their arrest in June 1993 by the FBI in the town of Hervinville in New York. Um, they were exoner- exonerated. Exonerated. Thank yeah. you. Um, to. Oh, no, sorry. It's They're extradited. To, oh, okay. Yeah, to Australia and charged with conspiracy to, to defraud and to commit perjury by falsely registering the births of three unrelated children as their own triplets. They both pleaded guilty and guess, guess how, guess what happened to them? Guess how much they got? Guess, guess what, guess what happened after they pled guilty? Guess what happened? Community service. They had to pay $5,000 each. <laughs> What year was this? Um, this was um, 1993. What? <laughs> they just had to pay $5,000. <laughs> they were just fined. <laughs> For stealing children, they were fined. <sighs> Whatever, I... she's dead now. <laughs> yeah, she died like uh, two years ago. 98 and had dementia for many years despite people refusing to believe it but yeah that's the story of the family that's insane yeah it's really fucking weird i definitely didn't do it justice but i like can't read today or speak but dude isn't that fucking crazy i like how i i like doing different ones that's not just murder yeah it's kind of nice i think um i think i'm gonna do arson next week Mm. I don't know what, what I mean that might involve a murder Slay. I well because I remember the um, Wine and Crime if y'all ever heard of uh, that love, podcast love amazing wine podcast love wine and crime. but one of their one of their episodes is about arson and like I just remember there was like a there was a guy who because there's a there's a condition where like you're sexually attracted to like the fire and shit like mm-hmm. that and he would write like fan fiction or like he wrote a book about a fireman who please write about this please tell me about this I feel bad for like stealing that case though that's impossible to do. What? I, like, other people have talked about cases before, but, like, there's so much true crime in the world, it's okay. True, yeah. It's a, it's a really fun case. I'll probably do it. Cause yeah. I, he, yeah, he wrote, like, a novel or something about a fireman and his, like, journey. To... I have to hear about that. I have to. Yeah. It's pretty good. He would, like, sit. I think it was, like, he would, he would light him on fire and then sit in his car after and just watch it burn and do other stuff. <laughs> That sounds really crazy. Yeah. I think I think the reason I was really drawn to this case is just because like you never hear hear of like women cult leaders. Oh yeah, which I think's kind of you don't hear about many uh, women leaders in general. No, what? <laughs> but I just I don't know why I feel like it's very interesting to learn about a woman who kidnapped children and you know did all this fucking crazy shit. I don't know. I thought it was I I liked the story. I like the story a lot. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I was I've heard it and I was like fuck yes, I'm here for it. Ah. Uh. But yeah, Amanda. Amanda, you're good to thank for the week. Uh, so um, I have a boyfriend now. Who is he? Hey, remember when we said "fuck Matt"? <laughs> remember when we kept saying that? Yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, that, that's the Matt. That's, that's the, the Matt in question. He's still not getting fucking royalties. Oh God, no! I'll beat his ass. Yeah. And I'd win. You would win. He's yeah. too nice. Yeah. I'm just too strong, Amanda. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah you're, just, you're stronger than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Amanda's got a boyfriend. Uh, when's y'all? When did y'all officially start dating? Wasn't it today? Yeah. So yeah, explain that. <clears throat> he. Um. Uh, welcome to my life. <laughs> uh, just in into my relationship. Uh, 
So he asked me to be his girlfriend like on the 30th or 31st. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, I don't like having it on the end of the month for some reason. I don't know. I just agreed. Um, and I was like, so it's April 1st. He's like, yeah. So, so we just made our anniversary mm-hmm. April 1st, so? which is the day that we're recording right now. You guys should make it April 1st and, uh, March 30th. That'd be cute. Like stretch it out. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what can I, I just really help you guys in your relationship, I think. Honestly, you do. Um, I talked to Matt this morning about that, actually. Um, uh, he was sitting over here, and I was like, um, he made some joke, and I was like, for all I do for y'all's relationship, <laughs> you should show me some respect, or something like that. True. Um, but a man has a boyfriend. Yeah. Um, and I have been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. Um, my island looks really nice. Um, I'm trying to get more people to move in, and it's going great. And that's... And you made Matt buy Animal Crossing. I did, while he was drunk. And he regrets it. Yep, but he shouldn't. It's a fun-ass game. Yeah. Maybe I'll bring it over tonight. Who knows? Or maybe I'll stay here and play it all night. Who knows? No, we're, we, we're going to have, like, an Avatar The Last Airbender marathon. Please, 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 Okay, he'll come. Okay. Please, 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 Okay, he'll come. You'll find out tomorrow, whenever, right, tomorrow. This is... It goes out on Friday. Yeah, whenever it comes out on Friday, you're going to have to tweet and say if I win or not. If you win. If I go or not. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Where would you post that, though? Um, if you were going to tweet something out, where would you post that? Oh, on our Twitter? We, at Up and Night Cast. Up and Night Cast stands for podcast. <laughs> Wait, we have a Twitter? No yeah. way. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Up, Up and Night Cast. Cast stands for podcast. Um, I feel like you should also take a shot for each time either of us says that. Yeah. I still think it's super cute. You told them why. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. Okay, because Amanda didn't know that the cast stood for podcast. You know, I never claimed to be a smart person. It's okay. I I butchered my way through this entire episode. I'm going to have to sit down for this and edit out so many parts. Oh, it's okay, though. It's just, hey, I think the coronavirus is freaking everyone out lately. Yeah. I know I'm fucking flipping. She's, she, earlier she was like, I need to get out of the house. Like, I need to leave. Yeah, I like, so this morning we drove to get McDonald's. And then. It was fun. It was fun. And then, like. Three hours later, I was like, I have to leave the house. We're going to get, uh, I think, we just got Chicken Express. Not actually food, just drinks. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's yeah, it's good. dope, delicious. Um, and hell, I'm probably going to go suggest we get Sonic soon. <gasps> I love Sonic. I would murder for some onion rings. Not so r- I'm going to get a larger just for myself. So I guess I'll share it with my boyfriend. So uh, take a shower. Uh, at huh? <laughs> we have to finish this before we can take a shower. But take finish this, take a shower, go get Sonic. That sounds like a bet. Hell yeah. Hell fucking yeah, dog. Okay. Um, That's all I have to say. I feel like this is kind of like a low... This is a low-key episode today. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. You know, got some... During the corona, just listen to the podcast. And if y'all um, are not following us on Twitter, you should. But if you're not and didn't see the notification uh, or the tweet, we are going to start posting on Friday at noon mm-hmm. just to right. have a little more time to edit. Even though I'm recording, it's Wednesday. Yeah, I have, t- I have tons of time tomorrow to do it. Yeah. yeah, because it was just, it was so hard to do the Tuesday-Wednesday turnaround for me yeah. and have it up by Thursday. Like, I think it'll be, put a lot less stress on me, especially with online classes and everything. Because editing a podcast once a week's pretty fucking hard. Like, yeah. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. I listen to the entire thing, and God, is it annoying to hear my own voice. <laughs> Love that for you. Yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, so everything's going to be up on Friday at noon, which is it going to be good. So make sure that you guys wait out for that Friday at noon for now on, probably. 
Yeah. It just makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, shout out to Dakota for sending us a link to a case. Uh, I feel bad for not replying because... <laughs> We've been really fucking busy. Yeah. It's been weird because we had to move you out of your dorm then halfway into this house... And then I had to go back to my dorm because it started raining. I couldn't move everything back in. And then I left a I left a industrial printer yeah. at my dorm, and I had to go back to get it like Saturday. And I was freaking out about that. Yeah. And you know, life's just kind of crazy. It's a lot. Life's crazy. Then you die. Life's a process. Do. It's a process. Life's such a process. Oh, amen. I'm gonna get that tattooed on my forehead. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of tattoos, once we reach 200 followers on the Up at Night Twitter, I will be getting a lip tattoo. Hell so yeah. tell your friends to follow. Uh, hopefully by then Corona will be over and the tattoo parlors will be back open. Oh, true. Yeah. If not, then I'm... I want the nail salons to come back open because I, mean... I feel like getting my nails done is a necessity. Uh, it is actually. <laughs> Even though the lady I went to fucking butchered my pointer fingers. But it's just the pointer fingers. The other ones look great. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. get it. I don't get it. Whatever, you know. You know, I'm living with it. Yeah. Vibing can I'm still vibing. can still claw a dude's eyes if I need to. That's the real reason you get long nails. Honestly, True. I love getting my long nails. Remember whenever you were For like, whenever you were like, no, I'm not gonna get long nails, and then I like coerced you into getting long nails, and now I you're know, never just, going back. They just look so good on you, and I I do not get them as long as she does, but like, oh, they look good. They look nice. I love having long nails, but I hate it whenever I go in and they're like, do you want to cut? And I'm like, no, and they're like, okay, but then they like critique them and tell me that they're gonna fall off. Because they are. Nothing beats, though, whenever I, like, go in and, like, so I'm a, I'm a writer, and so whenever I type, sometimes, like, the sides of my nails kind of go down, and each time the nail person's like, what you doing? Like, take, you need to take better care of your nails. And I'm like, bitch, back off. Uh, Remember yeah. that one lady at that one place that ruined all of our nails oh multiple times? Oh, my God. I hated that so much. Oh. She was low-key. She was low-key as fuck. Yeah. Glad we don't have to see her anymore. Yeah, but, but yeah, okay. I'm done if you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining us tonight. The tonight. Today at Up at Night. Um, Amanda just started standing close to me. What's up? I just didn't want to get the, the tagline wrong. Oh, no, dude. I This is I, because I haven't changed it. Yeah, that's but, um, But okay, we will see you. Oh, wait, no, we'll see you next time. No! <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening so much to Up at Night, and we We will see you the next time we can't sleep. Bye, guys. It really has so much power. It sounds like a Carly. It has so much power behind it.